Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, so welcome to the number 17 Hellcast. My name's John Belton from number 17 Personal Training. And today I'm sitting down with the wonderfully talented Etna Kennedy. Etna, welcome. Thanks, John. Nice to be here. It's lovely to be maybe interviewing you a little bit because our, uh, <laughs> our usual relationship is the other way around. I'm going to talk about that now in a second. Um, so Etna, can you tell us a brief bit about who you are and what you do? Right. So I work as a yoga teacher and a kinesiologist. Probably the biggest part of what I do at the moment uh, is kinesiology. Uh, and that's a complementary therapy that is based on the principle that your body knows how to heal itself. I like that. And something that for me personally, so I'm a patient, client, 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 yeah. um, colleague, friend, everything else. Mm-hmm. I'd like to put myself in those categories anyway um, of yours. And it's, you know, I've always been intrigued by alternative medicine and I have a very uh, deep belief that there's a need to look outside of traditional forms of medicine for healing, whether that's uh, acupuncture, massage, psychotherapy, etc., etc., etc. And uh, I stumbled across your, your name actually, oh God, it must be three years ago now. Um, I spoke to a lady who, who who spoke so highly of you, said, I have to go and meet this lady. And I'm not going to lie, I was a little bit apprehensive and a little bit nervous because my view was that kinesiology was something to do with voodoo magic and that maybe you're going to cast a spell on me and banish demons. But tell us a little bit more about kinesiology and, and how you use it to, to kind of treat people, to heal people and to help people in their kind of day-to-day lives. Yeah, so uh, it's based on the principle, the way I work it anyway, because there's a few different ways to approach it, but the way I work it is it's based on the principle that your body knows how to heal itself. So you have your own innate wisdom that's not necessarily your conscious mind, so it's not the thinking part that that thinks it knows everything. It it may be something a little bit broader than that, it usually is. Uh, and, And that aspect of you, your own wisdom, knows what's out of balance. And it knows what you need to do to bring things back into balance mm-hmm. and the order in which you need to do it. So, so we already, you, your belief is that our body already knows that. Yeah. But we're kind of in our body's own way. Would that be fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you can, you can tap into that. And, and how does that happen? Because the actual treatment itself is an amazing experience and absolutely not intimidating in any format. It's actually, you know, it's a chat and it's, you know, you, uh, I think anyway, once I go in and you kind of surrender yourself and relax there, it's an amazing experience. But how, uh, what, what is the philosophy around what's actually happening and your integrative approach into it? How do you, how do you interpret what our body needs? I'm sure. intrigued. So what I do is, or how, how I approach it is I, I try to get out of the way as much as I can. And I use a muscle test as a way to kind of tap into your body's nervous system response. And I bring a muscle into contraction so that it can be any muscle. I usually Mm -hmm. use a a muscle in the forearm because it's a really subtle test. Some people use muscles in the shoulders and the legs, you know, whatever works for them. Um, For me, it's just whatever doesn't turn it into a fight. Yeah, (laughs) you're a a wrestling strength test. Yeah. Um, And 
whether the muscle stays on or off in or strong or weak in response to different questions, stressors, um, challenges is an indication for me of balance or imbalance. Okay. And if something's out of balance, so let's say I get an unlocked muscle in response to a particular food, that, that's a really simple example. That's a sign for me that say that particular food creates imbalance or creates a response of some sort in the nervous system yeah. um, that we need to look at. So even at that stage, don't necessarily have an absolute answer. It could be uh, sometimes people are having a lot of, say, quote unquote, a, allergic responses to food really often it's more like a little sensitivity yeah um and if they're having a lot of them that they used to have before then my question is well what's changed yes right yeah uh and so then it's to look at has the body been under a lot of stress and if it has um it will start responding to things because your inflammation levels are up so, oh, so your how tolerance do we, is down how do we bring the inflammation levels down and then if we get inflammation levels down and retest say particular foods frequently the body stops having an adverse reaction it stops switching off yeah. on them same with things like pollen or you know dust i mean a lot of people will tell you when they're more stressed their allergies flare up 100 percent, i can relate you to know? that yeah so you so effectively you can ask the central nervous system as opposed to asking me which is kind of the same thing i suppose mm-hmm. but you can nearly test the system and if your body is intolerant to something food related we'll st- start with for now mm-hmm the muscle test will fail, as in the muscle contraction won't... Well, and I have experienced that a little bit before. In Chinese medicine, they use that and you know for everything, and they connect it back to certain organs and different pieces like that. Um, do you also see that connection or that test work when it comes to emotional stressors, or is it just... So you do? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So, so I, a lot of what I do, the muscle testing really, it, it's... It's almost like a diagnostic tool. It's not a diagnostic modality, but it's like a, the muscle testing is just a tool to give us some sort of a pathway in. Yeah. But then we need context, right? And so the context that I use quite a lot is um, it's Chinese acupressure theory. So yes. it's the five elements. And that for each organ, there are different emotions. There is a different time of day. Um, there are colors. Yeah, you know, the, five the, element theories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and that energy that. flows between the different elements. Yeah, and it's always flowing between the different elements. Um, and frequently, the flow is not balanced. And so, so I kind of nearly zoom out a little bit more than just jumping straight in and going, "Well, probably something you're eating." And I, I could start off with someone who comes in and say, "Well, where should I start? Should I start with your structure? Should I start with nutrition?" Should I start with emotion? Should I start with something electrical and out of balance in your body? Mm-hmm. And and I muscle test for each for, question, for each one of those. Yeah. And so let's say the answer is there's something out of balance nutritionally. Well, then I have to see, is it a sensitivity? Yes or no. Is it an organ that's out of balance? Yes or that no. That can't process the food. Is that what that means? Yeah. Okay, or, right. or for example, are your adrenals out of balance? Like it might not even be anything dietary. It might not even be anything to do with food, mm-hmm. but it might be. And this is the case in a lot of people who are, you know, kind of burnt out. Yeah. Or run, the kind of running on adrenaline. Yeah. Is their adrenals are, are shot or sure. their liver is out. And you can't start looking at helping a lot of people to deal with stress until their body is resilient enough to, to go in there and process yeah. it. I agree. And I see that we call it HPA access. So your hypothalamus, pituitary, adrenal access and how it can be dysfunctional. And so could that then, in, in a sense, and you mentioned liver being out, like let's say I come to you and, and my liver is out, for example, 
could this also correspond to bloods that show liver function slightly off? So, mm-hmm. like, you could pick up in that in that same, you know, the same sort of system being out of sync or the same organ being out of sync. Sometimes, yeah. Amazing. And um, how does mm-hmm. the healing process start? So, I mean, it's all well and good going, right, so there's this layer. And I, my question to that, my reason for that question is, Every time I go, there's layers that come up and layers that come up and layers that come up. And we all have, you know, layers because that's every year is a new layer of trauma, stress, happiness, all the rest of it. Um, and we just keep taking these layers. Is there ever a stage that all the layers are taken off and that there's contentment or is that kind of part of life? We're constantly in a state of healing. It's a good question. Uh, my sense is we're constantly in a state of healing because if you look at very often, it's referred to as being like a, a spiral. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're always moving kind of inwards on the spiral. And sometimes people will, will say, say something emotional comes up and they might say, oh, we've dealt with this before. Right. Yeah. You know, something like a feeling of helplessness in a particular situation. Mm-hmm. And and straight away they're into some sort of a little bit of judgment of like, how have I not sorted this out? Or did she forget that we did this already? Yeah. And And it's not that it's not that they haven't dealt with an aspect of it. Right. But we're human. Um, and stuff doesn't go away. And really what we're doing is cultivating a level of awareness so that we notice when, say, we'll take the just take helplessness as a feeling, but then we're able to notice when it's there. We're able to be kind to it, see how we can empower ourselves and, and, and kind of notice the trigger and oh, what worked before here that, yeah, that allowed okay. me to pause and mind myself in this yeah. so that I don't get traumatized. I don't rush past myself yeah. and end up sick again. Yeah, because that same... So based on the Chinese medicine principles and the five element theory and the all the different emotions, seasons, colors and organs, is that correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So based on that, would one person perhaps be predisposed to be, because I said liver, you know, have more liver related issues more and then also have more is anger and, and liver mm-hmm. connected? Yeah, perhaps or whatever that is. So would you see certain uh, characteristics that just come up, you know, and are you at a stage now where someone comes in and you go, oh, that guy's angry, bet you the liver's out and I bet you his joints are sore. Can you kind of see like three, five, six, seven different little symptoms that tend to run all together? I can see things that run. Yeah. Doesn't mean I know what's at the root of them. Of course. So sometimes somebody seems to be really quite angry when actually they're in a state of grief okay. and they don't have access to grief. So their comfort zone is to be angry. What do you mean by access to grief? Some people find it really hard to be sad. To be sad. To actually allow themselves the level of vulnerability that comes with sadness for like so many different reasons, which could be childhood things. Yeah. It, it could be just how they feel they need to be in the world. Some people, I mean, it would be more common, say, for women to not have access to anger, that we're more likely to cry, even when we're angry. Right. You know, like, I've often heard women, I've said of myself, it's like, I'm not upset, I'm not sad, I'm furious, and I could be crying, saying it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, interesting. So, le- like, learning to tap into these emotions and cry and be happy and be angry and sad is part of a healing process, mm-hmm. in in my view. Would you, you agree? Like, learning, you know, I remember reading and I can't I think it was Patrick Halford spoke about it before he's like a nutritionist and psychotherapist or psychologist Um, and he spoke about how it's been proven that emotional stress is stored on a cellular level Mm. would you would that kind of correspond with a lot of what you're talking about then with with muscle testing obviously then that's on a cellular level you see that yeah well and, and so 
very often what shows up in your energy that just to go back a little bit to what you mentioned about bloods is even before it gets to the stage of something showing up in bloods yeah. or on a medical test but things can show up around an organ a group of organs you know which we then consider to be cells yeah um and maybe maybe it hasn't fully physically landed it might be more in a kind of an energetic pattern yeah. for you mm-hmm. um and so it's it's how do how do we look at bringing balance to that so there's lots of techniques for say stress release mm-hmm. or there are different remedies you can t- take to help bring about a bit more balance so there's yeah. more ease to allow, allow healing yeah uh, and in particular with um if you're relating to things like you know how do you look to your emotions and how do you deal with them Sometimes the problem is that you're very stressed, upset, angry, whatever it is. But sometimes it's that a particular organ that relates to a particular emotion is depleted. Right. Right. So let's say you have somebody who has, a, say, leaking fillings. This is a, it's a good example because it's fairly simple. Fil- fillings. Fillings in, in their the dental teeth. Yes. Dental fillings, yeah. right? And they don't know. Uh, and so their liver's under pressure trying to deal with metal. Mm-hmm. They can't understand why they're so cranky. Heavy metal toxicity, right? Yeah, in yeah. their liver. Right. And so their liver is depleted and under pressure and they can't understand why they're really cranky and really agitated with people. Mm. And you start to detox their liver and you give it the right support to get clear and feel clean again. They're less prone to anger. Okay. Because the organ that's trying to kind of integrate it and process it is able to cope. Wow. So it's never it, it's never as simple as because sometimes people are very kind of prescriptive. They're like, that person's obviously angry. It must be their liver. And yeah. that's probably because they drink so much. Not necessarily. You know, so I kind of where I've got to with it is it's, it's you know, I don't know if you know, you know, the four agreements. Don Miguel. Yeah, Ruiz, really. yeah make no, I can't some, remember any, but make no, no assumptions. assumptions. It's one of the big ones. Yes. It's one of the really big ones. Yeah. Um, and particularly in this, it. it like just what what comes up for people and and how they are with it never ceases to amaze and humble me. Okay. People are amazing. Yeah, they're know. amazing. And does it frustrate you when like cuz it frustrates me when when people just give up on themselves and take medication and abuse themselves and continue like I mean I think the most important thing when it comes to the heal, a healing process is wanting to heal. Mm. But lots of times people which is my frustration with clients is like, why don't you want to take control of your life and feel happier and healthier and more vibrant? But there's just something there that's stopping that. Mm-hmm. And that's where I, a lot of times I have sent and referred clients on to you and they've had tremendous success around certain areas. Um, but does, does that frustrate you? Or is there, you know, can you see that in people sometimes where it's a case that there's really deep layers that you need to get to before people will allow their body to heal? It's nearly self-destructive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I used to get frustrated by it, especially early on, because um, I could kind of, you know, it can be clear of what what I I think maybe somebody needs to do. But sometimes they're, um, it's not not appropriate for them, or I don't want to say they're not ready, because that makes it sound like there's something wrong with them. Mm -hmm. Um, For someone who's in really chronic pain or in a really deep state of distress, they're not necessarily equipped to go in and start yeah. tackling things or to even have the patience to start taking herbs and, and looking at stress or they might not have the money because it is not a cheap no, thing to look after your health. Yeah. Uh, or they, they may not have the, 
background of like this is worth doing for myself yeah. or this this is how you do it. Yeah. Um, so different things work for different people. And I think we all come to what we're ready for. I mean, I, I find this an amazing way to look after my health mm-hmm. personally. Mm-hmm. If I was in a really bad state and my leg was hanging off, how would I be? I don't know. I'd probably be looking for painkiller. Yeah, definitely. So, um, <laughs> And and I mean, I've seen it that, you know, there can be a lot of judgment around medication because people sometimes come into me and they'll go, I had to take painkillers. No, I never take painkillers. Yeah, I no, hate I them. And that. I'm going, yeah, but, but like, it's OK if you're in that much pain, maybe take it. Maybe that was a good thing. You were out of pain for a while. You, and then your system can go. Huh, yeah. And relax. I suppose, I think we both need to is it disclaimer. Neither of us are anti medication no, or, you know, and doctors are amazing people and they're doing amazing work. Mm. Um my view is that there's, you know, to complement that, there are a world of different therapies, treatments um, and modalities that we can use ourselves to learn more about how we function and to le- learn more about ourselves and to just improve the healing process instead of just putting a plaster on things, which sometimes is the easy solution, but tends to lead to uh, to more problems. And I, I, so when I studied functional diagnostic nutrition, they, you know, the, the term was that symptoms are the last piece in the disease process last stage in the disease process yeah so if your body's in a state of dis-ease you know eventually you you'll have a skin issue or you may have whatever joint pain or you know bloating etc but there's probably been a layer of a few little things previous to that over a period of time that have brought you to that symptom do you experience see, and see that a little bit yourself or agree with it yeah yeah it, it in a way it ties back to what i was saying there about the you know sometimes things aren't showing up in bloods or something and, and it's that they our kind of body's energy is out of balance it hasn't even landed into the physical body yet mm-hmm. um and anytime we have some sort of dis-ease in our bodies it can be a real cry for help our body's trying to tell us something yeah. and it you know it gets louder and louder um and and sometimes that can be our body trying to go, look, you're living in a place where the water's toxic. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't mean that, you know, you're some sort of a basket case and you're not coping with your emotions. It could be just the water table is damaged. Yeah. You're getting really sick. Yeah. And it's like your body going, get me out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just it's just such a broad spectrum. It's such a huge area. Yeah. Um, that there are, I, I'd kind of reckon there are no hard and fast rules. And sometimes people get sick and we don't know why. We don't know, there's, yeah. um, There was a thing, there's a doctor called Bernie Siegel, he's an American doctor. Yeah. And he said, um, there's a difference between healing and curing. Okay. They're not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, when I first heard that, it was the kinesiologist I go to who said that to me. Um it was great because suddenly it just gave everybody permission to just be where they are because we don't know what somebody's, you know, path is or where they are in life. And some people have the deepest healing in palliative care just yeah. before they die. Yeah. And maybe that's maybe that's it. I mean, and I, and I don't want to be kind of glib about this because it's, you know, everybody's experience is so different. Mm-hmm. Um like i mean it's a minefield is wrong it's actually an amazing thing like there's so many different you know and i have to be how i word this thing even hearing myself say this which is says it wrong like there's so many different energies out there and it and i think it's becoming a lot more acceptable so i was 19 when i studied chinese medicine and you know people were speaking about energy healing and different types of things and i was like oh my god I mean, there's not, it's not just take medicine and you're fixed. There's more to the human. Anyway, I couldn't handle it at that stage. I found it all too much. 
But now, I mean, I be- my belief is that there is like, there's so much more going on out there than we have any understanding. And when I try and communicate that, so a lot of my clients would be very much, you know, the office jobs and very successful people. And if I try and talk about energy healing, I still sometimes get a bit of a raised eyebrow. Um, and, and my kind of, you know, if, if people don't understand it and when people don't understand something, they're nervous and scared of it. That's my view. Um, that, you know, you can't see love. You can't see you know, the, the emotion traveling around the place, you can feel it and it's an energy and it charges up and it makes us happy. And you can see somebody who is newly in love and very excited and very happy in themselves. And, you know, so we believe that. And and, and when I start thinking about it that way and looking at healing in the same sense, we, we can't see some of these energies and different issues that we may have perhaps. And, um, but when we believe that our body has the capacity to heal us, um, we don't need to see them. And we're, you know, when we believe that our body has a capacity to heal or an innate capacity to heal and we allow it once we get out of the way, I think it, it leaves scope for so, you know, a dramatic change in your quality of life. Yeah. Do, do you find it, obviously you, you believe the same or, you know, on your own, with your own belief, but do you find it difficult still? Do you feel like there's a funny view on that or are you being more accepted as you know, oh, actually, maybe there is something in this now. Have we changed as a society around our beliefs on that stuff? Definitely, we are moving towards the idea that there is, there are other ways to heal that, that do not necessarily involve sticking plasters, as, as you said. Yeah. Um, or that sometimes if we're really not happy, we need to look deeply at why and what changes can we make to, to make ourselves happy like how are we living out of harmony with ourselves you know and in and this comes back to the climate you know if you, mm-hmm. you wanted to get a bit more broad stroke about it, it this comes back to the climate it comes back to our environment you know if we are living against natural laws which most of us are what are natural laws What's natural you know? laws the laws of of nature you yeah. know things are cyclical things you know, we need to support each other. Like if you look at trees, trees support each other and feed yeah. each other. Yeah, they, they actually look after the weak kind of members in their their society, if you want to yeah. look at it that way. There's been a lot of research done about that. And um, we, I, I don't think that capitalism is a law of nature. I think it's deeply, it's more, that that's more like a clamber to the top rather than yeah. a, a kind of a more of a so feminine what? flat structure where everybody looks after each other and thrives. Mm-hmm. It's not based on everybody thriving and looking after those who are weak. It's about just getting ahead. Survival. Yeah. Um, and, and I know that survival might be interpreted as being a law of nature. It is. But but I still don't believe that we were ever meant to just leave all the, the, the weaker can, ones behind. Yeah. And do you see that a little bit more now or less now with the current? So this is July 31st, middle of coming back from COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Um are we leaving people behind? Are we bringing people forward? Ha- have people stopped, paused, and um, reflected? Because I know you've been working away online. I've been with mm-hmm. you a couple of times online, which has been fantastic. And um, you've been working with people. So have you, are we changing? Or are we going to regress back to where we were, you know, mm-hmm. six months ago? A lot of people are asking questions about the things like, how how have they been living out of harmony or in a way that's not really conducive to their well-being and their health? People are seeing how they're, you know, pretty exhausted. 
really by the time it got to lockdown we, a lot of us I think realised we were on a bit of a treadmill equally there were other people who were kind of thinking like I just want the kids to be back at school I'm really grateful that they can go to school yeah um, so a lot of people now I think want to find a bit more balance so where they have a bit more agency it's not that they want to be say working from home all the time mm. but that they might have the option to work from home a few days a week yeah or that they don't have to commute as much sure um, those those kinds of things, yeah. but I do I do think that because I didn't really answer your last question. No, this, well, the sense of community. I think mm. I have seen. I mean, where I where I live at the moment, a lovely apartment complex. I think I'm there four years, nearly five, maybe, and I probably embarrassingly have never spoken to anyone more than a hello passing by. Um, but now, like, one of my neighbours is coming over for dinner on Monday night, and, you know, it also happens that I have a dog, so I'm out chatting to people, and that helps things. But uh, definitely, life has gotten slower. I'm not as busy, although sometimes I want to be. Um, I'm not as busy, and it means I'm stopping, and I had a chat with a guy who's in his 70s last night. I was talking to him for about 40 minutes. Um, so I, I personally think the sense of community maybe has changed, that people are, like, albeit you know wanting to social distance people are also realizing the importance of communication the importance of seeing people and the importance of a hug the importance of um you know like when i'm talking to to a client and i can see the facial expression i can see the body language like there's so much more communication going on and you can feel them you can feel it exactly yeah I think we've realised how much we miss that. I know, that's yeah. definitely missing, you know. Um, and I think it, it's made missing, but it's been nice. Absence makes the heart grow stronger mm. type scenario where we're going, you know what, we, you know, my colleagues or my family or my, you know, there's some people who haven't got to see family, which has been very tough. Um, you know, it, it's very, very, very tough for them. It, it, you realise how much that was needed to nurture you, me, you know, I, mm. I need people and I, li- I like working with people and communicating and having the banter. And, you know, I realized halfway through this that I was like, I was sitting on the couch chatting later and I was like, you know, what? I just miss men. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I miss the lads. I miss training with the lads, having the crack and talking about stuff like that. And, you know, I never in my life really thought about it before, but, you know, I have two brothers and I've loads of great male people in my life that are friends and colleagues and mentors and all that stuff and I really really realised I missed that throughout COVID-19 my uncles and all that sort of stuff and I feel like it's like you know all of a sudden that's something I'm not going to let slip yeah and it's really it's actually it's really great to hear a guy saying it as well because it's not always acknowledged I know it is a lot more now it talks about men's health but you know the importance of friends to women is is often acknowledged Mm -hmm. I don't think it's acknowledged nearly enough or, or named nearly enough for men that, that, you know, your community, the people who kind of get you, the people who might have similar things going on, good, bad and different. Yeah. Um, people you connect with, like they're really, really important for your sense of well-being and sense for your heart. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and I agree and believe and think, and I, I don't know if it ties into kinesiology, but like also, you know, I've spent a lot of time with my family and, you know, we're building a wall in my mother's house and plastering and there's all sorts of stuff going on and that for me is like meditation and it's like mm. you know we're constantly in homeostasis or trying to get to a state of homeostasis re, you know regulating our body or re-regulating our body so being in that state and around people like that i feel like it actually charges you and do you mm. see that in kinesiology and i'm kinesiology is maybe wrong but do you see that with people that loneliness 
tends to bring on symptoms or tends to, you know, if, if people could get connected back into other people. Or do, you, do you see that? Yeah. Big problem. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, one of the the organs that, that loneliness and isolation relate to are usually the lungs and the large intestine, which, I mean, I'm just shooting the breeze here now, but if you look at the COVID-19 affecting lungs and the amount of people who were left on their own yeah, uh, for really long periods of time in the last few months. So that, that to me, would deplete the lungs um, okay. and leave them less resilient. You know, loneliness, I think, really affects our hearts, our, our energetic hearts. And, yeah. and there is, there's a lot of study, so that's not some kind of quackery. There's a lot of study around the energetic yeah. field of the heart. Yeah. And even to go back to what you were saying earlier or asking me about with... Um, you know how 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 are people around the talk of things like energy and you know is yeah. is this all just woo woo um and there was a time when i used to be a bit uncomfortable talking about it even though my background is in it so i've actually got a very logical head on me mm-hmm. um but the more i'm around it and the more i read there's a lot of there's a huge amount of research into quantum quantum science and quantum theory yeah and i'm actually reading a book at the moment uh by a guy, it's this collection of essays by an, um, a yoga swami. He's a Welsh guy and he has a, an ashram in Wales. Okay. Really, really good guy. Um, swami Nishalananda okay. Saraswati, I think his name is. He was originally an engineer. That. Okay. <laughs> he was originally an engineer. Yeah. Right. And he is someone I would consider a pretty enlightened being. And his book explains a huge amount of what is energy What's the field of the heart? Um, He talks about quantum physics, quantum science, and how science and yoga are now starting to kind of come into alignment with each other. So the things that the yogis have been saying for like thousands of years, because yoga predates Hinduism, so Mm -hmm. you're really going back, um, is now actually been borne out in a lot of scientific research around energetic fields and, you know, the effect of emotion on the body, the effect of different breathing practices on the body and all of that. Um, And our access to, say, a greater consciousness, a greater field of consciousness that we can tap into. That that's kind of been seen. There's a book called The Field by the a woman field. called Lynn McTaggart. Let's we'll write down the names of all the books you mentioned, and I'll add okay. them into the post I put with this because I guarantee people are like actually trying to write that, remember yeah. those names. So we'll remember all that, um, because I feel I feel like I'm ready to learn about stuff like that. So I definitely want to read more and 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 be open to that, um, because it's huge. And I spoke to a client of mine who was a psychologist um, got a number of years ago and she said something that I was like oh that's actually very interesting and she said I, I spoke about the amount of mental health issues that we currently face um, and have done you know it's great now that it's been spoken about and for years it wasn't and I understand that But and she agreed but she said also I feel like before people lived in you know more rural, rural areas and every week went to mass and saw friends and saw people and had a community, had a place in their community. And that definitely was really, really important and really supportive. And that energy was something is something that a lot of us tend to be missing now. And I, and I, I thought it was a really interesting and valid point around mental health stuff and, and growth. Because the reason this started coming back to me was when you spoke about isolation, being on your own. And we're all told to socially distance and how it impacts the lungs Um it's it's very it's it's I mean it's it's kind of funny that we have a like you say a virus that's attacking the lung our lungs are actually attacking themselves isn't that mm-hmm. it that with COVID that there's like an autoimmune response 
within the lung. Is, am I right in saying I that? I don't know enough about and the pathology. I, I, I feel of like there's something sure. around the, how your body actually attacks the virus is what it, the most damaging part of it, and it, it occurs in the lung. Um, but aren't the lungs connected to the vagus nerve as well as the digestion and the tongue? Right, so yeah. they're all vagus nerve related, and if your vagus nerve is lacking tone and depleted, these organs are not getting the vital supply of energy that they need. Mm-hmm. It's kind of it ties the science piece back into the connection of, you know, the kinesiology or the energy around that. So really, what we need to be doing is charging up our lungs, mm-hmm. um, and and you know, charging up our heart and charging up all that sort of stuff. And our However, vagus nerve. Our vagus nerve is just it. And a, and a great way to get to your vagus nerve is by breathing practices. Yes. Breathing practices, meditation. And I know a lot of people are just allergic to the word meditation. Yeah. I can't sit still and close my mind. Oh, of course you can't. Right? Yeah. Of course you can't. Nobody can stop their mind thinking. It's, like, it's meant Ex- to think like your heart beats, so you just give it something to do. Yeah. So explain meditation in a, in a nutshell. Do you, mm. what, and your view of what meditation is, because, you know, I have my view of what I experience with meditation and I I tap in and out of meditation, which is wrong. Um, and, and I have clients who come to me and like, I can't meditate. My mind's too busy for meditation. Mm. I'm like, that's like the overweight person telling me they're too overweight to exercise. Right. Yeah. If your mind's too busy to sit still with yourself for five minutes, then you need to do something about that, because if you don't, it's going to catch up on you somewhere else. My view. Yeah. Would you have it like a place for what meditation is or a, 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 sorry, a description for what meditation is or what happens physiologically in your body. If you were to kind of summarize that, what would it be? Mm. So I'm just trying to kind of think tough question on the spot. <laughs> uh, but it is, it is tough. And it's, yeah. cause no, I, I, and there's loads of science around it. Like there's loads, loads of science and it's stimulating your vagus mm. nerve, which is one piece yeah. where you're like well, right that's important the breath it's calming piece. it yeah it's calming so it it calms your system and the the way i come to it is i will usually maybe do something like a body scan um through meditation I'm, yeah, yeah just get lovely. somebody to it, so to bring their attention take your attention to different parts of the body so then you know the body starts to kind of respond to that starts to go okay there's my thumb or thumb thumb will start to relax a little bit mm-hmm. and you just move you know move move the mind's attention around the body let it start to relax let the nervous system start to settle and then just take the attention to the breath um and so as we do this if the nervous system can start to kind of calm down a little bit if the breath starts to relax blood pressure can come down right so if our diaphragm starts to relax yeah. a little bit with the breath the blood pressure i'm, I'm relaxing as you're speaking there <laughs> so, you know so then our then our belly will relax a little mm-hmm. bit um and th- th- there's a change if our breathing starts to deepen our blood oxygen levels start to increase yeah, yeah so that can help bring our inflammation levels down as well mm-hmm. um if we give the mind something to gently lightly focus on so it depends it depends on, on, on what type of meditation yeah. you're doing, um, what might happen with the mind. But the idea is that everything starts to calm down a little bit for the mind. It has mm-hmm. something to do. And some days that's easy and some days it's, it's not, not, as you know. Yeah. Um, very often what it does is it just creates a little bit of space and a little bit of a sense of I'm okay. Even if I'm not okay, I'm okay. Right now, in this, in moment, this moment, I'm okay. I'm okay. And and it could be within like seconds, something else comes in that says, no, I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. And that's all right. And then you go kind of, you know, you might have a little dance, but I am okay. Well, I'm not okay. You know? Yeah. And then just bit by bit, everything starts to calm down. 
And I'm not I'm not ad- adequately explaining the science of it at all. No, it I doesn't need to be. It, it, I think but the thing about it is that everyone has, anyone who practices a form of meditation finds, I think, and if they find something that worked, or you know, it might be just, I set my lock, my clock and it buzzes after three minutes. That's my meditation. I think brilliant. Mm. Or I do Headspace, great. Or I listen to Edna Kennedy, brilliant. Mm. Or I, you know, do a forty minutes. Uh, Transcendental is a 40 minute, I think they're transcendental meditation mm. and that's fantastic. And I, I just love hearing what people talk about with meditation because my kind of breakthrough when I was, you know, I remember going through a period in my life where I had to meditate a couple of times a day. I really needed it. My mind was crazy and there was loads going on in my life at the time. And meditation really saved me and helped me a lot through that. And I used the Headspace app and it was great. And it worked for me because it was day one day two it was goal orientated and that worked for my personality but as I progressed my meditation got a little bit more woo woo to use your phrase and I started bringing you know an energy healer lady I listened to her meditation and spoke about light and spoke about all and all of a sudden you'd start feeling these different sensations Mm. um, through meditation and I was like wow it's it gets trippy and I I think you know and that's why I wanted to hear what your experience with meditation Mm. was because it sort of got to a stage where I could be meditating and I could, I'd nearly feel energy, which to some, certain people, I'm like, what is this lad going on about? But like a, a trickle of energy running down along my spine and it would charge me up so much yeah. for, you know, for to sleep or charge me up to, to lift weights in, in in either sense, which was the amazing thing about it. It just brought a, a connection in there, which was amazing, which is amazing. And it's, you know, but I think people experience different things. Some people, um, you know, they, they, calm their mind a little bit or they think about things a little bit which I don't think mm. in my mind is what meditation is so I wanted to hear what your thoughts were more yeah, so it's not, I wasn't getting mm. looking for the, a complete definite definite yeah. kind of description for me for me how I use it personally at the moment anyway is first thing in the morning I'll do I'll do about 20 minutes it's the first thing I do when I get out of bed pretty much and I'll I'll chant mantras for about 10 minutes, maybe more. It depends. So I've, I'm quite into chanting yeah. mantras as part of my yoga practice. Yeah. And then I'll sit for 10 minutes and just kind of let my awareness kind of sit into my heart and just kind of just try to just stay there mm-hmm. um, and, and just let it kind of feel a little bit expansive. Yeah. And if you sit there for a little while and you can really be in that space with a real attitude of kindness and a little bit of just sort of gentle appreciation of yourself yeah even if you've woken up feeling really out of sorts it can it can settle things hugely and it can put a completely different frame on the day yeah that's been my experience of it and then in the evenings i'll usually do some alternate nostril breathing because it really helps me to sleep sleep yeah i've read about that yeah if you breathe through your right it charges the left side of your body Mm. is that correct yeah so the the intention of it in in yoga it's called there's loads of names for it Nadi Shodana is the the one I'm most familiar with. So you alternate your breath in your, in your nostrils and each nostril so the right nostril relates to the the, the kind of the line of energy it's called um, it's the oh God I want to say meridian and, and they're not meridians they're nadis um, okay. the same same sort of idea they're lines of energy yeah. in the body but it, each one relates to a nadi either side of your main channel your central yep. channel. And the idea of alternate nostril breathing is that it balances the flow of energy between the two nadis so that they become equal because most of us tend to be dominant to one side or the other, right yeah. or left. Yeah. Um, and 
and then that that helps you to feel more centered. Mm-hmm. A really big part of what a lot yeah. of people need with meditation is grounding. Yeah. Really simple. It doesn't need present. to be out there to feel present, yeah. to feel solid, to feel mm-hmm. like they're on the ground, mm-hmm. that they don't need to be agitated and anxious. No, that you're here present yeah. in this moment. And it's also considered to be kind of an emotional um, cleansing as well, that particular practice. It's supposed to be considered to be a very cleansing breath. Yeah. No, and I mean, meditation is, I like, even in the last five years, loads of people speak a lot more openly about mm. meditating and it you know you're not no one thinks there's something wrong with you if you meditate and it, it there is a, such a place for it and it and I, I you know at the moment i'm going to say something that i'm very busy and i'm not meditating as much as i want to um which i would give out to a client for saying but uh, i I'm, I'm excited to explore meditation in more levels and you know, explore where it brings you within yourself and within your healing and within your calmness and like simple things like I remember meditating and go, trying out different meditation practices and then eating food and my food tasted different. Like I could just really taste every little ounce of flavor. And I was like, my, I, I really believe it was because I was just so out of my head that I was consuming my meat or whatever I was eating. And I was actually no, I was eating it was a steak. So like I eat lots of steak and I, mm. but this one was just like, I could taste every little piece of flavor within it. And it was like, I'm, felt like I was just more present in that moment doing that. And something that happens for me is I'm a, I'm a daydreamer and I'm a busy mind of all this stuff. And so I'll be a thousand miles away from where I am. So it's great to pull yourself back in there, I think. Yeah. So who, like, what's your kind of traditional, or not traditional is wrong, but your kind of current standard client that comes to you? Are they all yogis and people like that? Or do you see now that it's becoming more office workers, mainstream people who are opening up to alternative healing? Where, where do you see... You know, is, is there a shift starting to come or has there been over the last couple of years? Oh, yeah. I mean, I see plenty of people who who are into yoga or who teach yoga, partly because I teach yoga. But I actually have a huge amount of people who work in the tech sector. OK. Big amount of people. I see teachers. Um, so teachers, office workers, you know, parents, their kids, older people. It's a really, really wide reach actually that there kind of isn't a a standard i mean you probably even know of you know because you probably know of some of the people who come to me you know who you've who you've referred to me and um from all walks of life and all Mm -hmm. backgrounds and and really sometimes people come come going i've no idea what i'm even doing here um and they're open to the possibility that there's some way to support themselves there yeah and they're also open to the possibility that it's not going to be for them. And Which is fine. That's great, you know. Yeah. Come as a skeptic. But but don't don't come looking for faults either, preferably. Yeah, I think you uh, go in with an open mind. An open I think mind, that's the most important an thing, open isn't mind, it? And then you've got possibility. And, and so, yeah, all sorts of things. There's lots of reasons I have people coming into me. Usually when people come first, it's because they've got something kind of a bit chronic going on. Yeah. They mightn't be sleeping. They might have a, like a lot of digestive problems or skin problems or something. Um, and can you help with with digestive issues? Do you like? I know you can, mm, but yeah. Like, how far gone does something need to be, or can something be? You know, I feel like you've prevented things happen from a health point of view for me. And um, you know, and I used to have psoriasis. I used to have a lot of things that have resolved. You know, stress is different, but a lot of it's be, you know came from having a I think it's every six or eight weeks I'm in with you or me, that's just on repeat I never leave a session without booking my next one and mm. um, how far gone I mean let's say someone comes into you with chronic IBS 
is there if they want to heal do you feel like kinesiology can help i i think it can but yeah. do you believe it I can mean, I, I had a diagnosis of ibs in my 20s um you know and, and a huge amount of it was stress related mm. some of it was also dietary yeah uh, which is a stressor and, isn't and it gut imbalance. i mean yeah i spent my late teens and early 20s eating hot dogs and Good smoking one. fags and drinking pints love like that. That. Shocker. I love that she's real as <laughs> a brat I, I used to smoke 20 cigarettes a day there you go so there's hope for everybody if i if i could stop it people even look at me now still and go like if you could quit them i can do it i'm off them nearly 20 years but it was a killer to get off them it's really hard i was really? smoking 12 years or something yeah i was smoking before i started to drink shocking that's another that's for another that's podcast. another story <laughs> <laughs> sitting in ditches <laughs> yes we all have sitting in ditches stories shane's laughing over there like he it's does like a right passage it's a right yeah, passage you know, in ireland i think so it? i think so it's grounding isn't it sitting in yeah. a ditch <laughs> it's a great crack <laughs> it is yeah, until you get caught anyway listen yeah. again we're drifting off point um so yeah you're seeing that a, a lot of people are you know opening up to alternative therapies and that i i love to see that and i think it's so important um and I, I think, you know, exercise obviously comes into a huge, uh, into it for me, anyone I'm talking to, well, you need to move more, get energy moving through your body. And the more I've gone, obviously, uh, so I've been working as a PT from, I started working in the gym industry from when I was 16. So that's 20 years now. And I've gone from thinking everyone just needs to do bicep curls to everyone needs to have a structured strength program to everyone needs to have energy balance, tra- energy system training to now going, you know what? You need the energy system training, but you need to manage stress. And that's where I started exploring kinesiology and seeing, you know, everything and acupuncture and, you know, herbal stuff. And we'll, I'll actually ask you about that now in a moment. But like all these different modalities combined with exercise. And it just brings this balance and health and vitality that like I want to put into a little package and say, guys, come and taste this. Because once you taste it, you're going to realize you haven't been living at, at half your, 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 your true potential. And that's what probably drives me is like people not living to their full capacity. Why would you not want to be the best version of yourself you can be? That's my view. So modalities that you, so kinesiology, you muscle test, you ask the body what it needs and the body says, I need, uh, you know, some support for my liver. This is what I love. You then start looking at herbal stuff and remedies and affirmations would that be the right phrase mm-hmm. as well as nutrition and supplementation so you look bigger picture you don't just go once i do my put my hand on you in kinesiology you're fixed no far from it because mm. the kinesiology the muscle test is just the bit that says this is what's out of balance yeah the muscle test also says here's what you need to do to help fix it mm-hmm. so that could be working with um affirmations and stress release kind of yeah. looking at what it is that's blocking you from moving forward mm-hmm. um you know some people have deep beliefs around sabotage and things like that yeah. and thinking they're not enough or they should do more things like that um and it's not it it's not sufficient to say to somebody well you know the problem is that you just have low self-esteem no, of course and they're kind of going yeah well i know that mm-hmm. <laughs> what do i do about it uh, and very often i can support them in finding ways to to work with that that might be working with tapping with acupressure points to yeah. release c- accumulated stress yeah it might be working with things yeah. to relieve EFT kind of post-traumatic well. i do EFT. Yeah. i do a bit of neuro-linguistic programming as yeah. well because that can be great for kind of releasing the stress of like ptsd type right. of stuff yeah and now that's very common apparently like sub-threshold ptsd really is that common. correct yeah. is that the right phrase yeah. sub-threshold so that's like a not what we see in certain movies, PTSD, mm. but it's an underlying level of stress that we're not even aware of. Is yeah. that correct? Like, let's say you've let's say you've a few really 
let's say you've had a situation where you've been under a lot of pressure financially and you've had a lot of difficult phone calls with the bank um, in the Can same room as, at the moment. Yeah, in the same room as a whole lot of other people where you've had to kind of keep your cool and look like you're not bothered. And there's a part of you inside is freaking out, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and you override that guy and you're just going, no, I'm okay, I'm, I'm, I've got this. And then you go off. And then like, a f- say, few months later you've had a few of these phone calls and then you find yourself having some sort of a confrontational situation where you start getting really kind of anxious and feel really defensive and and not really sure why and it could be that the vibe behind the conversation you're having there is really similar to the vibe behind all of those conversations with the bank where you could do nothing so you just had to internalize all that stress and you didn't get to just deal with it. You had to just kind of rush past it and be okay. So you had mm-hmm. to put a lid on it. Mm-hmm. That has to go somewhere. Yeah. It has to go somewhere. And so um, very often we don't have awareness of it because how could we? We're just trying to keep on top of things. Yeah. And it mightn't be appropriate to look at it at the time. Yeah. So that's when it's great to be in sitting with someone who can, because the muscle test can go into that. The muscle right. test can go, you've probably seen this where I might go, what happened three months ago? What was yeah, going I'll on look, there? And you're like, use me as Use me as an example because I've, all these things you're talking about, I'm like, yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's me. So I'm not embarrassed by any of it. And, and I'd really like to say, actually, when, when I am getting into things like anything to do with stress or trauma, your body will not, through a muscle test, take you somewhere that you are not really ready, willing and able to go. So I am not in the business of traumatizing Bringing people up, no. and or that's forcing what people into anything. Yeah. Um, and if they go, look, I, I don't think I'm able for this right now. Fine. And they probably don't even need to say that because your their body won't let them go there yeah. before they're, mm. they make that decision. Yeah. That's my experience. And that's mm. why it's such a you know, it, this psychotherapy and counseling are extremely important. But in a sense, this is like it's like psychotherapy for your soul <laughs> on a sense it can be. that's a lovely way to put it yeah but it, it it is because you you know i kind of feel like once i go into your room i kind of just zen out on the couch and i can have a little bit of banter a bit of a chat with you or give out about something probably and then it's like what happened there and you know what happened when you were 16 here there and i'm like i've no idea because I, I would say that I generally don't have a great memory, but every single time you've asked me about something, I'm like, oh my God, I had a dog then and this happened. And oh my God, I felt like that. And yes. And I've, I just feel like, I just feel like every time I come out, it's like this detoxification that I've never experienced from, you know, going, talking to a therapist or anything else. Not, again, like there's a place for all these things. So, yeah, definitely. Um, and, I, and I'm not sponsored by Etna Kennedy Kinesiology. It's more just I want people to experience and understand that, that it's like, that it is like psychotherapy for your soul. And it's a way f- that I believe that there's stuff that's happened in my childhood and everyone else's childhood that we've accumulated and we've held on to and we've accepted and it's internalized and it's in our back pocket somewhere that probably won't do a huge amount of harm if it's sitting there. But when we free up that space and let that go, we cre- we find more self-awareness, we become more grounded and, um, you know, and we just clear stuff. We sleep better at night. Yeah. And, and that's where you want to get to. And we just find ways to have a bit more ease with ourselves. Uh, and there are times when I'll refer people to see acupuncturists, psychotherapists, doctors. I'll often say to somebody, I really think you need to go in and see a doctor, yeah, get, get your blood, blood done, some. see what's going on there. Um, but, you know, so that so that we're not making any assumptions and, mm-hmm. and, it, and because it's not a cure-all. Um, and, and like you said, these things all work together. But it's certainly, it was the emotional side of it for me that really rang the most bells when yeah. I was 
initially going for kinesiology and then the more I've, I've got into it, that, that seems to be yeah. sort of where where the work goes for yeah. me when people come in. Yeah, and I think we're driven is emotive goals. Well, that makes sense, but we're driven by feeling better. Mm. You know, and so if it's something that, we, it's which is kind of is funny because a lot of us don't want to talk about our emotions or how we feel, but we all want to feel better. And if you don't process and deal with it, then how are you going mm. to get to there? In the perfect world, would you love to see your kinesiology clinic, let's call it, in the same building as a you know GP, in the same building as a physiotherapist, and the same building as a nutritionist and yoga therapist? I'd love to see that. You, yeah. yeah, and you think that that that's like there's a place for that that you could be you know where you have someone taking bloods, you have a nutritionist that can be really specific about nutrition. So you say, look, you need to avoid X. And then you can speak to the nutritionist and like, okay, so we need to keep X out. Did you know that, you know, arginine is in turkey, but it's not in chicken. It's not as high, for example. Um, and by taking that down, you know, I think that'd be an amazing clinic. It'd be expensive because yeah. you'd have to go, you mm. know, you'd have to be think 360 about your health and your well-being. But if you're serious about it, that's where it needs to get. Could you, could you see kinesiology being accepted in there at some stage? Or not accepted, mm. it's probably wrong. But you know, integrated into it. Integrated. Like that kind of integrative approach. Yeah, I'd love to see healthcare go that way in this country. Will we? I, I don't know. Is there it, enough it money be? to be made for people out of it, as in pharmaceuticals, mm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? I'm, I'm going down a rabbit hole now. But yeah, that's exactly, yeah. What stops that connection? Because it doesn't, it never, in my view, comes from the kinesiologist slash acupuncture slash no. yoga instructor. It tends to come from the traditionally... Yeah, I think the kind of a, a, a lack of maybe open-mindedness or maybe... I don't want to say imagination because that sounds a bit loose, but open-mindedness to the fact that there are lots of ways that these things can hook into each other. Now, having said that, there are lots of medical people who are very open to working like yeah. this. Lots of them. Um, and certainly in mainland Europe, it's kinesiology, what? homeopathy. There's lots of medical doctors who practice homeopathy, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all true. Over Europe. There are doctors who practice kinesiology. Um, I mean, in this country, there are dentists who use muscle testing as a way to yeah. isolate um, dental problems. Wow. You know, so I, I don't see why it, it shouldn't be possible. Yeah, no, it's Will good it for thought. I don't know. I'd mm. love to see it happen. I'd, lo I'd love to be, maybe need to do that and convert part of the gym. I, I think it, it's what people need. Yeah. And it's it's probably what I'm doing on some levels. I'm like, you need to get your blood taken. And we're actually uh, taking on a lab testing kit now that we can just get blood taken with clients great so we can and we have a nutritionist and we have an etna kennedy so we mm. we're, we're getting some of those boxes ticked um and I, i'd love to see it going that way because i think that's it i mean thinking that you can go and take a pill and then life will be fine again unfortunately just you know there's a stress cascade it'll just come out somewhere else and that's what what we're tending yeah. to see so Slightly different note, how have you coped with the COVID-19 transition from a business point of view? Because at the back of all of this, you're you're a healer and you're an amazing woman, all the rest of this. But you're also a business person who has to, you know, you have to keep going, pay the bills, pay the bills. all yeah. the rest of that. How have you survived and what have you been doing? Uh, so what I did was when I decided to shut up shop back in March, um, I contacted people because like I was booked up about two months in advance. And so I was kind mm -hmm. of contacting people case by case and saying look I'm offering sessions online I know it's not for everybody see what you think so some people were really open to working online and then other people were kind of saying no I think I'll just wait until you're back in clinic which is also fine, fine. so I worked less which was was nice. quite nice um enough to just kind of keep things going um and I, I taught some yoga online which I quite enjoyed actually um mm -hmm. 
I don't know would I like to be doing it forever all the time that way because it's yeah, nice to be with humans. Nice to be humans, definitely. Like the humans. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, what it did show me, though, was it, it got me kind of curious, like so many of us, about um, how would I like to be working you know, because there was a bit of space for inquiry and yeah. just kind of going, God, I've been working really hard and I haven't had much juice left to be a little bit imaginative. And mm-hmm. and also because there's only one of me, um, there's only a certain amount of clients I can see one to one. Yeah, and you have to keep energy up for them. Exactly. And so it's not like I can just say, oh, well, sure, I work Saturdays as well. I can't. Physically, that's not actually a runner for me. So what I have to do then is, you know, is there some way to bring this work as a service to like groups of people so um there was one instance there where a woman i know was doing a big women's workshop online about 60 people um and she always puts my name down as kind of aftercare for for this work because there was a whole lot of stuff around kind of menstrual cycle things yeah um and so the day after the second workshop five people rang me well, yeah, and I, I've got a really big list of people waiting to come back in and see me in person. So I kind of thought, like, oh, there's got to be something I can do. So I, I rang Kitty, was the woman who was running the workshop, and said, well, we, will we do a workshop for people and see if enough people want to come along? Online workshop? Yeah, yeah, do an online workshop. So we had about 20 people and we did an online workshop. Wow. And we kind of combined meditation with um, muscle testing. So you can, this does sound out there, but it works. You can muscle test into kind of collective energy, into the kind of group mm-hmm. consciousness and see what it is that's, you know, bothering kind of the group energy around being able to move ahead with what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had a great time. We did, right. just did another one yesterday. Okay. So I'm kind of looking at, are there ways to bring this work to more groups of people um, as a way to reach more people? Because mm-hmm. I'm kind of at capacity on one-to-ones. Yeah, yeah well, that's th- a great way to be. You know, it's a brilliant way to be. I'm really grateful. And people are fabulous the way they want to come along and give it a go. And I think it's really hopeful around how people are looking at their well-being, you know. Um, So I'm kind of trying to see, can I theme things a little bit? Say, my my plan is is something towards helping people get through overwhelm, finding ways to deal with overwhelm. Mm -hmm. Because that's probably going to be my first workshop, I think, or it's kind of going to be a course because it's the thing... It's the thing that I think of. I see the Online most. Online workshop? Of. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. When? I think September, I reckon. That's Fantastic. My, that's my plan. So I'm going to start getting information out about it. Brilliant. In the next couple of weeks. Brilliant. Okay, look. Now, there's loads of other things I want to chat to you about. And this tends to happen mm. here. I get off in a little tangent and then I look around and we've been here for nearly an hour. Um, so we may, may have to do a part two okay. to this. Um, but for people who want to find out more about you... I know you're not a huge social media advocate yet, although there's a few people kind of on it. <laughs> gently and kinesiologizing you into into social media, um, and you are getting better at it. Yes. Getting it's not getting better, but you're getting yourself out there. And I, I think more people need to hear your voice. So I hope you you do embrace it a little bit more because, like it or not, it is a part of our life and it is a way to do good as well as all the other stuff it does. So um, for people who want to get in touch, what's the best way to to, to find you or contact you so i think i'm ethna underscore kennedy that's e-i-t-a jenny underscore kennedy on on instagram i think you are as well Uh, and it's ethna kennedy kinesiology and yoga on facebook but if someone looks you up yeah ethna kennedy they're going to find my website yeah and and if you want if you want to be on my my 
um, mailing list because I'm going to send out a newsletter next month yeah. with a lot of information Brilliant. about courses and things. I'd love to hear from you or if you've just inquiries, I'm yeah. always interested to hear. And, and to the nervous person who has listened to all of this and they're still unconvinced, like the big thing about it is go in and try. It's not going to be something that you come out you know, after bringing up all your childhood issues, I don't. Yeah. Want, I hope that message didn't come across, but it's really important that you know that we all that that, that message comes yeah. out. Yeah, I'm fair? I'm not in the business of exposing or traumatizing anybody. No, it's uh, just it's a very gentle approach, um, and I would just really like to offer service and support to people who are trying to find some way to make their lives a little bit more comfortable. Okay, so if you'd one tip. Uh, aside from kinesiology, if you'd one little piece that you could offer people at the moment who are struggling with being bombarded with, okay, social media negativity, the news, you know, social distancing, masks, close off stuff, and they may be feeling maybe anxious or overwhelmed. One tip is probably very hard for you to say, but is there any one little piece of advice you would give at the moment that you think is, is a collective thing that we needed or that we need as a collective maybe? Yeah. Um, there's kind of two things they tie into each other. One is one is to, to step away from too much news and social media and things yeah, like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and even sit and breathe. Just sit and just say to yourself, I'm breathing in, I'm breathing out, I'm breathing in, I'm breathing out. Just say it really kindly to yourself. And the other part of it, and if you did that for like even three minutes, set a three-minute timer on your phone. Mm-hmm. And just see how do you feel Sit after that, yeah? Um, and that'll give your system a chance to reset. And the other thing is to be kind to yourself. What does be kind to yourself so, mean? Be kind to yourself. Isn't that terrible? That no, I'm like, no, it's actually a really good question. you said it earlier and I went, I'm going to come mm. back to that. And then it went out of my head. But like, okay. be kind to yourself. Does that mean eat, you know, if you yeah. want a big tub of ice cream? So, well, no, the yeah. thing is, being kind to yourself isn't always the same as what you perceive as being nice to yourself, okay. quote unquote, right? Being kind to yourself could be like it's if you can think of somebody who's kind that you know how would they be with you if you're upset okay right they'd probably come over and go oh what's up and they might go yeah geez you might want to sit down with that for a minute i'd be pretty stressed out by that as well god i'm really sorry that that you feel like that do you know and if you hear if you hear even the tone of my voice Mm -hmm. it's kind like if you had a child with you you wouldn't be like get over yourself it's only a mask suck it up come on you'd sit and you go jeez buddy sorry like you all right yeah yeah and you'd give the, the kid a chance to like pick himself or herself up and just be like that was rough do you know so yeah, yeah, don't yeah. rush past it great description of yeah because i know that sounds it. so obvious no it's great it's good to ask and oftentimes it. it's a, it, you know even mm. as a coach or whatever it's the things that we take for granted that people are like oh whoa whoa hold on a second you mean there's you know, vegetables are good. I don't know, whatever that is. But, uh, you know, be kind to yourself. <clears throat> if, I, if I was to say what, you know, it's kind of a hard one. It was a hard one when, when you said that. I was like, what does be kind for yourself mm. actually mean? Or be kind to yourself. So that's great to hear. Okay, Etna Kennedy, as always, a pleasure chatting to you. And thanks, uh, I look forward to seeing you later you. in the week. But uh, thanks for coming in today and being part of this. Uh, hopefully people have, you know, a, a good understanding as to what you do. Um, and how and, and at the importance of what you do in, in kind of overall health and well-being. Um, and I ho- also hope that lots of people get in touch with you, whether it's online in a, in a group format or whatever else it is, because I do think that there's I've, I've never sent anyone to you that has not came out of it with so much joy and happiness okay. from it. So uh, 
hopefully that resonates and gets out there. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 